to relieve that pain, which will be better for me, but not so enjoyable for all of you. This isn't a wedding. It's blood and it's guts. It's grits. It's violence. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fourth episode of The Crossroads. As always, I'm your host, DFDC, The Click, Cactus Jeff, along with my belt brother from another mother, the one, the only, Dusty Dave. What's going on, bro? Not much, not much. This uh, quarantine's really starting to get to me. Uh, There are times when I feel like these four walls are closing in, but I'm doing well. I'm still alive. I'm healthy. Uh, It's great to be back. Uh, Sorry that we... uh, had to take last week off uh just needed a, a little break but we're back yeah. and uh we have a variety of topics to talk about today absolutely yeah there was a traffic jam last week on the crossroads but we downloaded the ways update and we found an alternate route so now we're here for episode four and you know this episode just so everyone knows is going to be a lot of pit stops a lot of parks and rec talk a lot of Disney talk, if you will. There's going to be a lot of stuff non-wrestling to us. To be quite frankly, uh, you know, upfront with everybody, wrestling kind of hasn't been its best this uh, past couple weeks, at least in my opinion. So, I don't know. I feel like I've been relying on other forms of entertainment during the quarantine other than wrestling, which is very weird to me. But um, we're going to start off with some of the highlights of the week. And um, one of the biggest highlights, you know, for me was really seeing Jeff Hardy, uh, you know, make his announcement that he's returning next week. He had a great interview with Corey Graves that he really spoke about. This is his last chance to get it right. And he went over his, you know, substance abuse and his uh, DUI and really just kind of painted this redemption story that, you know, I mean, I love a good redemption story. I think everybody does, but. Um, With Jeff Hardy in particular, it's just so cool that he mentioned he wants to go for another world title. He wants to really, you know, make this count. And it'd be really interesting to see. How how do you feel about the charismatic enigma donning the squared circle Um, once again? So I've always been a huge uh, Jeff Hardy fan. Like, I mean, whenever me and my brother would be in the pool and, you know, we would try this at home when we weren't supposed to try this at home. My brother was always doing rock bottoms to me off the deck, and I was always doing swanton bombs off of the deck onto him on a float. So, like, I Jeff Hardy has always been one of my favorites, and obviously, I've uh, str- I've had my struggles with substance abuse as well. So, I, I I'm all for this. Um, I mean, I am a little hesitant just because it's. This isn't like a random thing. I mean, if you remember back in the day, he had the huge uh, arrest where he was uh, found with Soma pills. And he I think this is like his third or fourth DWI. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to go all in on it. No pun intended. But I, I, 
I definitely think he deserves it. And I mean, it's looking like when he comes back, his first feud is going to be with Sheamus. Uh, and I think that would be perfect. I'm curious on how that's going to transition to him going into this main event scene, so to speak. Uh, considering, you know, right now it's occupied by paper champion uh, Braun Strowman. You have Bray Wyatt. And then obviously, you know, you have your secondary players like Corbin. Um, insert name here, so to speak. But... Uh, I'm glad he was. I'm glad he's come back. Like I still remember when I got to meet him and Matt Hardy together uh, at one of the house shows, and um, you know I, because mind you, both of them have, str have struggled with their substance abuse issues, and I had uh, told them that I was going through the same thing, and uh, you know they've both actually uh, they were really helpful then, and they'll uh, you know occasionally respond to one of my tweets or something like that so i mean it's definitely good to see it but we we even talked about this uh before we started recording now that he's back and you know matt hardy's since you know joined aw brought his broken brilliance over there with his damascus persona jeff hardy needs to get no more words back yeah um, you know, Jeff Hardy, you know, interestingly enough, in that interview on After the Bell with Corey Graves, he mentioned that um, this was actually his first time in an inpatient rehab program, which was different to his previous altercations with um, law and substance abuse. You know, he voluntarily told Vince that, you know, he needs to go to rehab to get, you know, handle on things. In this case, it was specifically alcohol, but um, he needs no more words back. He was very passionate about saying he wants to bring his face paint back he you know for me i don't know if this goes for you too but any pro wrestler that has the name jeff i instantly am a fan of because well my name's jeff so <laughs> my name is jeff so um every time that i've had the pleasure of meeting jeff hardy several times i know i'm always like from one jeff to another jeff what's up and, you know, just instantly there's just like that cool little like, oh, OK, you spell it the right way. You know, we have to check. <laughs> uh, but it's just um, so I'm always been a big fan or big fan rather of Jeff Hardy. Um, even when I was younger, you know, his high flying match, in particular, his ladder match with the Dudley boys and Ed and Christian still stand out as one of the best matches of all time. Definitely. If people who don't understand what wrestling is, that's one of my go to matches to show them just really the storytelling that these three tag teams were able to create and i think that's so great that you know in a way i'm really happy that damascus has you know appeared in AEW because it there's not a pressure on the hardy boys to be the hardy boys you know they're allowed to be jeff and matt yeah. and say what you will about like vince you know preferring jeff over matt um you know we all kind of know that uh, seems to be the case one, but in this true. renaissance of wrestling Matt's really become the creative force between the two. So it'll be interesting to see what happens given well, Matt's feud with Jericho now going on versus Jeff Hardy and hopefully eventually the Fiend as the universal champion that he mentioned he really wants to work with Bray yeah. now that he's back. Because, well, uh, I mean, don't forget, when Jeff first got injured, Matt, you know, started working with Bray. And 
the thing with Bray, and you could even see that from finally getting his win with John Cena, even though, you know, he uh, does, he lost the title um, to Goldberg and he's not involved in the title thing anymore. Bray is doing something so different and it's hard to have something new in wrestling, but that's what he's giving us. And, uh, I mean, I, I'm convinced that, uh, Vince wanted the Hardy boys back to give them that, you know, return WrestleMania moment. And because he saw how popular the broken universe was and he didn't want that to help another program. Well, then he just sat on his hands and it went away. But even just the stuff that we were seeing, like, mind you, Matt Hardy still has yet to be in front of a crowd. So, you know, when that first crowd's coming back, you know, he's going to be getting deafening, deafening pops. And also, Brody Lee hasn't had a crowd. Lance Archer hasn't had a crowd. So we're getting all of these debuts without crowds, so we're not even seeing how what they can really do. But with Matt Hardy, like, Matt Hardy is really the renaissance of wrestling. He, he's brought forth this ability to do these outside of the box matches Bray Wyatt was doing them as well too but not the House of Horrors match we don't have to talk about but uh, but uh, we do have to give credit where credit's due Matt Hardy's even gone on record saying he wouldn't have been able to do that stuff had another wrestler not done what he could with what was given to him or in a sense not given to him and gotten himself over and that's the former Zack Ryder Matt Caradonna with uh the true long true Long Island story yeah definitely um you know speaking of which it was very interesting on Matt Cardona and Brian Myers podcast, they had Chris Jericho, the champion on and to hear the bitterness that, you know, exists between Jericho and WWE now is really, you know, disheartening in a way. Um, Chris Jericho, I mean, I've said this on our last episode when talking about CM Punk, but Chris Jericho was the heel that really solidified my markness, if you will. He was like the heel that I marked out for. Um, so, you know, it's so crazy to me that the WWE was, you know, it's so established in one sense, but at the same time, it's so unestablished in a way. It, it you know, whether it's shareholders or not, or, you know, you don't even know, like, the decisions behind the machine, but it's just still so interesting to me that there's this dichotomy where Cody has to come out and say, you know, this is not going to be all friends wrestling because people are afraid that he's just going to hire up all his friends that leave WWE. And it's just like, that's just bizarre to me. It's like, why would you want to like not want to work with your friend just because of the pressure of the business? But yet 
Uh, at the same time, though, we're seeing Cody advance to the finals of the TNT Championship. You know, and a lot of people thought Darby was going to go over. What What did you think about that match um, for? Okay, the the, the, the match was awesome. The match was awesome, and it's crazy because Darby, from his debut in AEW to now, has been perf- outperforming himself each and every time. And all the all the meanwhile, we've gotten the character development, like when he was in the tag matches, and he would, you know be the reason that they lost because of like you know a disagreement with the tactic i honestly did think he was gonna go over don't forget they went to a draw in their first match they went to a 60 minute draw or i believe it was 60 minutes don't quote me on that but then he they lost a second so i honestly thought this was gonna be darby and aw's been really emphatic on you know pushing new stars but as soon as I saw what the semifinals looked like, I knew it was going to be Cody and Lance Archer. I knew it. And, like, it got kind of predictable. So I, I figured that they were going to win, that Cody and Lance were going to win. But I really hate the way that Cody did win. So he got blocked with the coffin drop. Then Darby went up for his own coffin drop, and then Cody was able to semi-roll him over while still on his back, uh, on his shoulders. Like, but I think we're going to get an even more vicious Darby, which is hard to say because he's pretty freaking crazy already. Um, but, uh, like... Don't get me wrong. I I I haven't been to a w, uh, an AEW taping yet, but my blood and guts ticket that was supposed to be in March got moved to the original day after I got back from Europe in July. I'm still holding on to that ticket. Whether or not they are allowing that stuff by that time, I don't know. But um, it it, it I I really do have a. Not a problem, but a quandary with some of these AEW fans. Because they'll shit on stuff that WWE does. Because WWE does it. But if, it, yeah. but if AEW does it, it's it's God's gift. Well, that was my... What brought me on my next question is, we know that you purchased the WrestleMania 36, I was not there, gear, and chair. Are you going to purchase the AEW Double or Nothing, I was not there shirt? Or I watched that home shirt, I think it is. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it's, it says I watched at home. And uh, I'll put it this way. I'm still considering whether or not I'm going to buy the pay-per-view. Yeah, I, I don't know. Every time that I've watched an AEW pay-per-view, now bear in mind, I did go to the first Dynamite taping down in Washington, D.C., so that was an incredible experience. But in terms of actual AEW pay-per-views, I've never attended one. Um, I've only watched them, and every time I watched them, it was you know a group of friends. We split them and watched it together. Obviously, during quarantine. You know, the you know, quarantine, you can't really do that. Well, so, I, I mean, theoretically, you could, like, I can just throw this out there. We could potentially do it together and wear, we could, wear, I mean, wear masks we could do, in, in, in an own house. Or if we had a projector, we can watch it outside. 
That's true. And we could potentially even provide some sort of commentary or anything on the yeah, show. Uh, uh, you know, that's potentially for anybody who's uh, traveling down the crossroads with us. If you're interested in doing that and hearing that from us, let us you know, know. Let us know. Let us, you know, let us know. Hashtag D-O-N crossroads. Absolutely. Because that's it, the thing. It, it, D-O-N crossroads, it's a double or nothing. You know, if you want to hear our take, obviously, you know, we're big aw marks and wwe marks so if you want to hear our take on the show you know i'm really excited to see the debut of the tnt belt uh, we've seen I, that indie promotions belt that's gone around like that's not going to be the belt but the actual tnt belt very interesting yeah uh that that, that that's that's definitely not gonna be it um like i i i'm excited for this belt because this belt first off we've been clamoring for a mid-card title and we're getting it. Now, the rest of the card still isn't rounded out. Now, mind you, today is March, May 2nd. Today is two, uh, today's a month from my birthday. But it's, as of yesterday, three weeks. Yeah, three weeks from yesterday is the event. So, they have three, sh no, six shows if you can include AEW Dark. They have six shows to fill out this card. Now, a, a little backtracking, but you mentioned that you haven't been to an AEW pay-per-view yet, but you went to the the inaugural taping. I've been to three pay-per-views, but I have yet to be to a taping. Now, Double or Nothing, uh, All Out, and Full Gear, I've I was couldn't have been happier. Now I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't always in my seat. Whether it be I was in line for merch or getting beers, you know I like my beers, but I was always watching it somewhere because they actually, unlike what WWE does, they had the feed for the matches fed through the TVs in the arena. So if I wasn't in my seat. I was able to like watch it somewhere. WWE is not like that, but it's it's going to be great. Um, I feel bad for all those people who were we yeah. same way we said with Mania. Those people that were going to like you know their first AEW pay per view and can't go now. Uh, but obviously safety is of primary primary importance. But um, no, I I mean the. AEW's women's division is finally starting to round out, uh, and we're getting some great character work from um, Britt Baker. It, uh, she's definitely my pick for who's probably going to be the next champion. And then, uh, well, if if you do the typical heel face, heel face, then it'll be Hikaru Shida, then Britt Baker. But you never know. But yeah, I mean. That's the interesting thing with the AEW and the WWE landscape is because of these, you know, situations, the story is and like the stories that they're telling in the ring are being forced to change and to adapt. But, you know, you mentioned that, you know, safety is a priority and it, it got me thinking, you know, obviously here in the States, you know, each state is given their own authority if they want to, you know, open up or not. And as controversial as it may be, 
the Florida governor said we're going to allow you know things to open up down here. We're going to get people potentially to sporting events or to you know big large group events. Here's my question to you: If that possibility was to come up to go to one of these quarantined additioned events, whether it be in a mask or whatever, obviously taking all the safety precautions that you can, would you go to it? Now, I I, I have a not not a long winded response to that, but I, I I have a bit of a response to that. Um, first, like. Do have to reinforce. I am what is considered an immunocompromised individual. Uh, I suffer from a decade plus long addiction to cocaine, and I was doing a, a lot. I had to go through outpatient rehab. We've we've gone through that. So I am. While I wasn't born immunocompromised, my decisions have made me immunocompromised. So I would really have to see how, like, the first couple of these went so I could see how it is. Like, you had mentioned them saying, every sitting every other fourth seat. Uh, if they, you know, did in fact go as planned, I would be open to it. But in the same respect, I'm a realist. And I, I personally think these decisions are stupid. Yeah, I, I, I do understand from like, as as a fan, as a mark, I would, I, I'm not getting the same out of these shows that I was when there were crowds. Even if I hated the goddamn creative, I was still feeding off those crowds' reactions. These shows aren't the same. But, in the same respect, I'm also a realist in the fact that, and it's not even just with sports events, some of these states are starting to open up, like, you know, all this, and then you have protesters. But, I honestly think that this could potentially lead to an earlier second wave than would have been if we kept these guidelines in place. And I understand people need money to support their families. I need money to support myself too. And I can't work. Jeff can't work. But if we keep doing this and then we have to close for longer down the road because we get a second wave, because mind you, we don't have a vaccine yet. So we're, we're starting to see like, you know, the plateaus in some States if we start doing this, we're going to start seeing that uptick and then shit's going to be closed for a lot longer. And I've had more bullshit. I've had more shit canceled this year because of this. And I understand it, but I'll be damned if this, if people doing this shit leads to my stuff getting canceled next year. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, for me, I, um, I don't know. Um, a certain part of me, you know, would be inclined to going if they can ensure, you know, the safety element. And unfortunately, I don't think at this point there's a way to actually ensure that. 
you know, there, there, and isn't. there, you know, the, so it's like, it's like, I don't know, because it's very, you know, interesting because I remember before WrestleMania was canceled, someone had asked me, well, if you have to wear a mask, would you have gone? And I, and I, yeah, I would have gone, you know, I, and it's funny though, but now that we've been in quarantine, it's such like a challenging thing because for me, I personally am not a fan of these empty arena shows, but I am a fan of the cinematic wrestling, whether it's the final deletion, the boneyard match, whatever. I like that. So for me, I'd rather have three matches like that than, you know, than empty arena matches. But that's, I don't know. That might just be me. I mean, uh, we got two of them in two nights, which is two more than we've had in ages. And then that following week, we had uh, the final beat with uh, Ciampa and Gargano. I didn't quite need that. They pulled it off. But I I look at it as like, you know, uh, it needs to be done sparingly. And each time it's done in a non-sparing way, it gets closer and closer to not to losing its luster and not being special anymore. So they, they need, they need to really space out these, yeah. uh, these cinematic matches. Um, I mean, I, I, I've even been like wrestling, no pun intended with this question. If I'm even going to watch money in the bank and I keep going back and forth between, yeah, that that's the thing. Like, yeah, I keep going back and forth between yes and no. Because yes, because like, you know, mm-hmm. 90% who you see win those briefcases are who's going to win the who's going to be your next champions or champions within the year so to speak. But I I, I don't know about this climb the corporate ladder thing like it's a it's a fresh concept but then like you know this week they even said that you know matches are going to be going on simultaneously they haven't exactly laid out the rules like uh who is it that brought it up oh daniel bryan brought up yesterday that uh you know can we take the elevator are we going to see bones in dinosaur bones in Vince McMahon's office? Like it, it's so open ended. And the fact that both matches are so theoretically, you're having 12 different people going all through WWE headquarters at one time. Now you have to think there, there's going to be a segment of the match where men and women are in the ring. I, I don't understand how they could do that. So I'm curious, but I think it's going to be a lackluster pay-per-view. My thing with Money in the Bank is the only thing that I could think of is if they film it like they filmed Die Hard or like any kind of like heist movie, like any kind of like movie or like, or like a prison break movie where like they're trying to like break out of a building or something like that. Because like, and it also depends like, if they're going through WWE headquarters, 
who else is working in the building? Like, are people going to be working or no? Because they're all at home because of the quarantine. Is that part of the story? Like, is the coronavirus part of the story as to why they're in WWE corporate headquarters? And the other thing is, too, is like, for me, you know, I love Money in the Bank. Um, I was able to attend Money in the Bank in Chicago. Um, you can hear me audibly on the taping of it screaming for Becky Lynch. Um, she, she did not win, as we all know that. That was, that was uh, during Ronda's dominance. Um, and that's when Alexa Bliss won. Um, but, you know, um, I, I think it's going to be very interesting. And I really think that this whole, however long these pay-per-views are in quarantine, are going to almost be like a like a bookmarker or like a benchmark or like a plateau, if you will. Because when wrestling fans are able to be in attendance again, it people are going to react differently to things. People are, like, It's going to be very different. And I think regardless, it's going to force another like era shift. And we're seeing that in AEW, you know, as well. And, and all the other promotions, you know, all over, but I don't know. I just like for me, like I can't wait till we see fans in the crowd of wrestling shows because, like we said many times before, as the crowd, you're playing a role in that story. So without the crowd being there, it's just like, well, you know, it's just like, well, that character is, you know, just like didn't show up. But if you were to apply that to anything else, like, Today, you know, we're recording this on May 2nd, and it's the, what is it, the 22nd anniversary of the Battle at Hogwarts, or the 12th anniversary of the Battle at Hogwarts? Uh, 22nd now, 98. So, like, you know, if you take the Harry Potter story and, like, just don't have Ron in the story, just Ron didn't show up, it's a completely different story without Ron Weasley. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see you know, like, that next era. But, to be honest with you, I haven't really been watching a lot of wrestling during the quarantine. I've been watching a lot of other shows, and it's been really cool to see how these other forms of entertainment have been making do during the quarantine. I know we both got a kick out of the Parks and Rec special. What were your thoughts on it? Okay, first and foremost, uh, I need to, like, preface this. So, like, I hated Parks and Rec when it first came out. And then I, I started dating my most recent ex-girlfriend. Like, I've been out of a relationship for, like, the better part of, like, three, four years. But when me and her were together, like, she introduced me to Parks and Rec, and I just fell in love with it. And we had an amicable, an amicable breakup. Like, there are still the I love yous, but... In a different way, like, I still get birthday calls from her son, I love you, Dave, yada, yada, yada. But, last, uh, this is now two days ago, so Thursday night, like, I I was so happy. I was so happy uh, about the uh, series, um, the special. Uh I I didn't know how they were going to do uh go how did how they were gonna do it, but they did. And they hit it out of the out of the park. 
and I mean, especially ending with the, you know, group phone call, bye-bye little Sebastian, like, every time I hear that, uh, every time I hear that, um, song, I cry, so I was literally, like, bawling my eyes out, but yeah, what, what did you think about it? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The more thing that I'm more impressed by is that it actually raised $2.8 million for the COVID-19 relief fund, um, you know, which is incredible that they were able to do this. But, you know, Parks and Rec, I always loved Parks and Rec, um, being that, um, you know, my, uh, you know, tenure with the government. Again, I no longer work for the government, thankfully, but, you know, it's it's unfortunately a very accurate de uh, depiction of what it's like being a public servant. Um, so for all the humor in there, I've been, you know, been really, uh, it's been funny um, being able to just relate to the characters and to people's certain desires and intention and being able to see, you know, really the whole cast come back and come back together. You know, it was really cool to see everybody, you know, want to get back in character again with so many shows you know, unfortunately, you know, people pass away or people don't want to associate with the project anymore. But, you know, during this time of the coronavirus and the quarantine, and they see that everyone needs to be brought together. You're literally seeing, you know, all the, the entire cast of uh, Parks and Rec come back together, even the likes of Chris Pratt and Aziz Ansari and Amy Poehler and Ron Swanson. It's like everybody is taking the time to like revisit these characters that they know so many people find comfort in. And yeah, um, you know, I've also been watching a lot of Ozark. Have you started to watch Ozark at all? Um, to be honest, I've been binging on a lot of uh old shows. Uh um, well, USA uh every Thursday the past couple weeks has been doing um marathons of uh two seasons each uh, uh two seasons each week from a show called psych and they're doing that because uh they're coming out with another made for tv movie uh with it i guess sometime later this year uh so i've been binging on that and then you know my typical shows like Law and Order, but Law and Order they actually finish their season early because of the coronavirus. Um, but yeah, and then I've been what me, and my roommate, and his uh, girlfriend did. Uh, well, I wasn't with them the whole watch, but uh, they watched the whole Marvel uh, cinematic universe. So I joined them for a couple of those movies. Um, but really, uh, it's it, it's been really hard. Uh, like, I think the next show I'm gonna get back into is gonna be Sons of Anarchy or Breaking Bad. Oh, uh, I mean, it, if you remember back to my one and only uh, solo podcast when me and Nate did the, the uh, when me and Nate did the All Out review, the intro song uh was gonna be my um my intro and like i still ha i still have like you know the i still have the graphic that ant made for me uh with uh 
like a motorcycle club uh, logo. So that could potentially be a shirt down the road. But yeah, no, it's it's been very hard because uh, there are only a few shows that I can really go back and watch over. 24 has been one of them. So has Breaking Bad. But every time I watch Breaking Bad again, it makes me just hate uh, hate his wife even more. And I, I don't like Skyler. She never gets um, what's yeah. Which is very weird because I like Wendy Bird a lot, and Wendy Bird is basically the same character, but completely different at the same time. Um, a lot different actually. So that's why I've been, I've been watching Ozark. Um, I keep on waiting patiently for AMC. I I haven't st- I haven't started day. watching it yet. You gotta do it. It's Jason Bateman and a bunch of other people. Um, the his like second in command, who would be the equivalent to like uh, Jesse in Breaking Bad, but his second in command, she's a great actor, um, so she definitely steals the show from me. Um, that's Ruth Langmore, at least that's her character name. Her, she is portrayed by Julia Garner, who's actually from New York, but she portrays someone from Missouri, and it's just, it's a very, you know, it's a very smart show. It's very. It's definitely a new side of a crime show, because uh, you think of money laundering as like a victimless crime, um, and this kind of shows you that it's quite the opposite. So it's you know it, it's cool. Um, what's really interesting to me, though, is a lot of these shows are filmed where I used to live in Georgia. And that's also The Walking Dead, which is famously filmed in Georgia. But, um, you know, they haven't even released their finale yet. And I cannot wait for them to do so. And I'm getting pretty, uh, you know, I just don't understand how, like, like, why not just say you're ending the season early like Law & Order did? Why say, you know, oh, the finale's coming out later. Like, okay, when? Well, Law and Order didn't come out and just say that the season was ending. Basically, when all this happened, they decided to just fill, like cut out episodes 21, 22, and 23 and make uh, episode 24 that. So they, they didn't do it as well as they could have, but it was good. Um... But I mean, the Walking, the Walking Dead and Law and Order have two obviously different fandoms, so to speak. But uh, you know, Law and Order has been doing this for twenty-one years, and I mean, I've just gotten into it. But I'm not gonna lie; it is kind of depressing when, like, you know, you watch some of these shows and then you kind of see their equivalent in real life. And realize how depressing the world can be that like, you know, shit like this happens. But another show that I've been watching has been Westworld. And I can't believe Westworld season three is finishing this Sunday. It's it's an eight episode season and it's been a crazy, crazy season. Very different from how it used to be. But it's, it's insane, man. 
Yeah, I mean that you know that's one thing I'm really thankful for is that this quarantine happened in you know when streaming is a thing. I can only imagine if this happened, you know, even 20 years ago, what our limited entertainment would be. Oh my God, dude. It, 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 it would have been awful. But then, like, another thing I've been thankful for with this quarantine is... So, a lot of these movies that were slated to come out... One example I'll use is Onward. I've always been a Disney guy. And Disney and Pixar have 9 out of 10 times produced gold. And... The, because of the quarantine, because the theaters obviously have been closed, they... What, what they released it straight to the streaming service and i haven't watched it yet but i heard good things about it um so now i'm ca- i'm kind of wondering if potentially if we see this go longer if we're going to start getting these bigger box office movies wait i don't know maybe you know like build up a thirst for it or are we gonna see some of these go straight to straight to streaming, so to speak, and roll with the dice? We'll find out. I mean, I know that a lot of the movie theaters got really annoyed at Universal Studios because they released their Trolls movie straight to video on demand and broke their contract playing it in the theaters. And as a result, they are not showing universal pictures when the theaters reopen um i think that's amc um but regal though is still showing them but in any case you know this quarantine is really going to affect every single aspect of our lives in ways that we don't even realize yet oh yeah 100 percent. and but i mean that's you know that's why you know we're back traveling down on the crossroads and I hope everyone's been enjoying, you know, now this fourth episode. If they want to find you, Dave, where can they do so as we wind down here? Uh, so as we wind down, uh, predominantly I've been using uh, Twitter these days. But uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Indie, I-N-D-I-E, underscore Dusty Dave. However, I do also have alternate forms of social media. You can find me... Under my real name, not a gimmick, uh, on Facebook at David Malkwich, M-A-L-K-I-E-W-I-C-H. And you can find me on the Instasphere at O-Z-T-E-P-08. However, I must warn you, I've been getting a lot of feedback that my social medias have basically just turned into uh, media where I can promote my bunny rabbit, Juniper. Um... If you don't like bunny rabbits, if you're a terrible person and you don't like pets, don't follow me. Because the majority of my stuff is of Juniper because she's a cute little dwarf white Oto bun. And I finally got her to do a yawn. And it, it, it was like the best thing ever. So if you don't like buns, don't follow me. What about you, Jeff? Where can, uh, where can our listeners on this ride we call Life Follow You? You can follow me also on Twitter at Long Island 1892 when pretty much you'll find me tweeting about wrestling, Star Wars, The Walking Dead, and Ozark or whatever other TV show or movie pops into my brain. Um, It's a good time, but more importantly, follow the show at The Crossroads. 
That's T-H-E-K-R-O-S-S-R-H-O-D-E-S. Is there anything else you want to say to the other travelers as we wind up here? Um, stay safe, use your turn signals, and uh, bear with humanity right now. Obviously, we're all itching to get out. Obviously, we're all itching to see our friends. But I think we're all itching to stay alive as well. And uh, I'm not sure how well you can do those other things I mentioned if you're dead. Fair enough. Fair, yeah, don't, don't stay yeah. stay alive. Stay stay check healthy. In on, stay check, healthy. Check in on your loved ones. For sure. And uh, TikTok. Do the work. Until next time. This has been the Crossroads.